Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why introverts fared better than extroverts during the pandemic, that time people were afraid that astronaut farts were a fire hazard, and why violet and purple are completely different colors. Let's satisfy some curiosity. No one has had a great time during the pandemic. But new research suggests that introverts may have fared better than extroverts for a pretty surprising reason. That's the news from the University of Vermont, where researchers were simply hoping to take a look at college students' mental health and how much they engaged in wellness activities over the course of a normal college semester. First, they had a group of 484 college freshmen take a big five personality test at the start of the semester. And then the coronavirus pandemic sent them home. But the study continued. Even from home, the researchers had the students complete daily ratings of their mood, stress, and wellness activities using a smartphone app. They noted how much exercise they got, how mindful they felt, and whether they got enough sleep. The researchers realized that instead of tracking wellness over the course of a regular semester, they were getting some pretty interesting information about the effects of pandemic lockdowns. Unsurprisingly, as the pandemic set in, the students' moods and wellness habits fell. To the researchers' surprise, though, their stress actually decreased. Then, the researchers started noticing some differences in how students with different personality traits responded to the pandemic. Extroverts were having a hard time. The researchers noticed that extroverted students' moods declined as the pandemic set in. The moods of the introverted students increased. But despite their rotten moods, extroverts also felt less stress than the introverts over the course of the pandemic. The researchers wondered why less stress and a worse mood would happen at the same time. It's possible that some stress is good stress— especially to extroverts who find the challenges of a busy, full, slightly chaotic life to be rewarding. The lack of that stress may have led to a dip in their moods. But introverts appeared to get a mood boost when that stress was removed from their lives. This study took place at the start of the pandemic, so it's not yet clear how people with different personality traits have fared over this long haul. But until now, most scientists considered people with high levels of extroversion to be more resilient. This study paints a different picture, a reminder that it's not always easy to predict who will have a rough time in a crisis. Researchers and engineers had to solve a lot of problems before humans could safely venture into space. They had to worry about things like, you know, cosmic radiation, microgravity, and of course, Farts. Wait, why farts? It's because they contain two flammable gases, hydrogen and methane. NASA was worried that a crew of astronauts sealed inside a small capsule for days would hotbox the spacecraft and trigger an explosion. Of course, you couldn't know for sure without a proper experiment. So one scientist approached the problem with an unusual idea. His name was Edwin Murphy and his experimental setup involved a diet of beans and some rectal catheters. He got some volunteers and measured the volume and chemical composition of their toots. He shared his findings at the 1964 Conference on Nutrition in Space and Related Waste Problems. 
a lot of his data established baselines. Feed the average person some beans, wait for the window of peak flatulence, and you can expect them to be passing between one and three cups, or up to 700 milliliters of gas per hour. But Murphy wasn't all that interested in averages. He wanted to recruit people who didn't produce any methane when they let one rip. And according to his research, those super tutors are out there. But it was one volunteer that got Murphy really excited. This person could eat a meal of beans, wait a few hours, and nothing. Crickets. According to Murphy, this subject produced hardly any gas at all. Unfortunately, Murphy's dream of gasless astronauts is a footnote to the history of science. Instead of seeking astronauts who didn't fart, NASA decided to focus on the food that regular astronauts ate. A study published five years later compared the hydrogen and methane produced by 12 volunteers. They spent six weeks eating either a space diet, similar to what astronauts on the Gemini mission really ate, or a bland diet. They analyzed, quote, breath and rectal gases, end quote, during the first week and the last week of the experiment. There was a lot of individual variation, but the bland diet won out. On average, those volunteers produced about one-third as much gas as the people who ate the space diet. By the way, Murphy was a co-author on this study. And those results meant that beans, broccoli, cabbage, and other gassy fare were forbidden on early space flights. But the menu isn't all that restrictive these days. The International Space Station has a sophisticated way of circulating and processing air. So, astronaut farts are no longer the death traps they might have been in the past. Yet, those days are long behind us. <laughs> I could barely get through that story without laughing. Oh, it's so good. What a great way to start the week, Ashley. Astronaut farts. Always start your week with astronaut farts. Let's go, dude. Violet and purple are totally different colors. That's not just my own picky aesthetic opinion. Like the way that people insist that pure white is that much different than extra white when you're shopping for paint. Right. It's nothing like that. See, because in terms of physics, violet and purple are totally different forms of color. One is spectral and the other isn't. Here's the deal. Our eyes have three types of color-sensitive cells called cones. Each type is specialized for one color, red, green, or blue. These colors lie in order on the visible light spectrum. Red has long wavelengths, blue has short ones, and greens are in the middle. Of course, the world is made up of more than three colors. In the presence of more than one color, your cone cells generally combine forces. For example, when you see green and orange, they both activate the red and green cones in your eyes, but in different ratios. But not all colors are in the light spectrum. Like, you don't see brown in a rainbow, right? Brown is not a spectral color, but a combination of many different colors on the spectrum. When you see brown, you're seeing a mixture of light wavelengths that activate different cones in varying ratios to produce a color your brain finally interprets as brown. You can think of it like a flavor. 
Salt molecules activate an individual taste receptor to make you perceive the taste of salt. But a Cool Ranch Dorito activates salt receptors and all sorts of other taste and smell receptors to create the sensation that you're eating a Cool Ranch Dorito. There's no Cool Ranch Dorito molecule, just like there's no brown wavelength. In a case of violet and purple, violet would be salt and purple would be a Dorito. Violet is on the light spectrum, so it activates only the blue and red cones. The blue cones a lot, the red cones a little less. Purple is not on the light spectrum. It hits your eyes in the same way that brown example did earlier. It's a combination of the spectral colors blue and red. Instead of activating blue and red cones in a given ratio, purple combines the cone ratio for blue with the cone ratio for red to come up with an entirely new color. So if you've ever wondered why people say the colors of the rainbow are red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet instead of purple, now you know. Only spectral colors are invited to that party. Well, that was a colorful episode. Let's recap what we learned today, starting with the fact that it seems that not all stress is created equal. Because at the beginning of the pandemic, researchers found that a variety of college students seemed to experience less stress. But introverts' moods increased while extroverts' moods decreased. And that might be because extroverts are actually energized by that stress. Pretty interesting. I think this was a pretty common refrain on social media throughout the pandemic. Introverts saying that like, yes, our time is here. I don't need to be around large groups of people and who are who say they're huggers, you know, <laughs> but uh, but I think as as the time went on, it kind of wore on all of us, introverts included. I think it's just hard not to be around your loved ones, no matter who you are. Right. But also the reason so surprising, like, sure, extroverts didn't do as well, but it's because they miss the stress. <laughs> It's kind of weird, right? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I don't really think I'm an extrovert, but I do understand the thrill of having a packed schedule and having a bunch of stuff you're looking forward to. Yeah, I don't miss it, though. It's weird. I'm like, I'm happy right now. Maybe it's just because habits are comfortable. Or maybe it's because you do a daily podcast. <laughs> so your schedule is still pretty packed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe it was too packed before. Shakur. <laughs> Ashley took a huge swig of water when I said that, and I think it's about to come out her nose. <laughs> oh my gosh, I finally did it. <sighs> <laughs> that was a slow burn. <laughs> That one's staying in the final cut. <laughs> <sighs> and we learned that in the 1960s, people were worried about astronaut farts because of the hydrogen and methane they contained. A scientist named Edwin Murphy actually started finding people who didn't fart at all, maybe to be astronauts. But NASA decided to focus on, you know, updating astronaut diets instead of recruiting based on bowels. and. These days, we just deal with it. You know, astronauts are going to fart just like any of us, and you just have to have the equipment to take care of it. Yeah, what if they did recruit with that criteria, though? Can you imagine putting that in your resume? Like, where on my LinkedIn profile do I put that I don't pass gas? 
Does that go under accomplishments? Does that go under awards, skills? I don't even know. And then who would you ask to endorse you for that? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, when LinkedIn first added skills, it was when Pokemon Go came out. Oh, my gosh. So I put Pokemon Go as a skill on my profile, and I asked a bunch of my coworkers on my network to endorse me for it. So for a really long time, my top endorsed job skill was Pokemon Go. It's probably why I didn't get a new job during that time. And we also learned that violet and purple are completely different colors. Violet is on the light spectrum, so when you see violet, it activates the red and blue cones in your eyes. Purple is not on that spectrum, so instead of activating those cones, it combines the cone ratio for blue with the cone ratio for red. And that's why it's Roy G. Biv and not Roy G. Bip. And when Ashley and I were working on this story, it turned out that I have the light spectrum memorized, and in case you're wondering why, it's because that is how I organize the shirts in my closet. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm that guy. I like it. I need to buy more purple shirts, though. I mean, (laughs) violet shirts. Violet shirts. Today's writers were Kelsey Donk and Grant Curran. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer on today's episode. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Go eat some beans. It's not like you're in space. Then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. 